0: Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher, pre-welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Join us by filling out the form on our website. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey guys, it is Tuesday, the very last day of February. And I want to give some encouragement for parents. You know, there's so many things that we talk about on this on this show that uh, are, are really concerning, okay? And it weighs heavy on you, I know. And so today I want to lift you up. Uh, first of all, before I say one more thing, Um, I want to just go on record saying that there is no more difficult role, period, than raising children. Amen? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And my experience raising three children is probably not unlike the experiences that you are having right now. Kids are kids. They don't really change from generation to generation that much. I was inspired this morning to encourage you with a story about our oldest son, Scott Gallagher. He was born, uh, uh, as Jim Dobson used to say, Dr. Dobson, with Focus on the Family, used to say, some kids come out of the womb... Um, with a chip on their shoulder, basically, <laughs> smoking a cigar, you know, uh, throwing their weight around and telling you what to do. They just are that way. Um, And Scott was one of those. He was colicky. Of course he was colicky. He, it seemed like everything was not going right. He didn't want a nurse. He cried all the time. I was beside myself. And of course, he was our firstborn. And I never had a child, so I didn't know what to expect. I mean, you can read the books till you're blue in the face, right? But nothing can really prepare you for the actual job. So now Scott is in his late 40s. He's a husband and a father, um, still married to his wife, Sarah. And he is a successful entrepreneur. He's active in his church. He, te- he teaches, along with Sarah, classes for financial freedom, giving inspiration to others. But he wasn't always like that. So you heard about, you know, when, when he was born, it was, it was pretty evident that this was not going to be an easy road for us. And uh, in preschool, he was always moving around, you know, here he was finally in preschool. I was pregnant with our second child, Todd, and I thought, okay, well, I got to get this first one into preschool um, so I don't go completely crazy, right? <laughs> I at least have two and a half hours of um, some some of sanity during the day. So in preschool... Scott was moving. He could hardly sit down. The teacher described him as walking into the classroom and uh, going around to visit every single person in the classroom and asking them, um, you know, about their show and tells. You know, they would, remember, show and tell? Yeah, you'd bring something to school and you'd tell the other students about it. Um, It was pretty cool. Pretty cool idea, really. And he couldn't even take time to take his jacket off. He was so interested. One thing about these kids, you've got to get their attention, right? <laughs> they're, they're always moving. And then in first grade, same thing, couldn't sit still in reading class. The, literally, the teacher, you know, they sit around in a circle and, and the teacher's reading to them. She would have to put her hand on his knee. He sat right next to her. Um, just to remind him, stay seated. Don't go away. You need to stay in the circle. You get the picture. Well, by fourth grade, we got a diagnosis, okay? And that was, you know, that was when this was kind of a new thing. But the attention deficit was identified, you know, as an as, as a, a condition, basically, that some kids have. Some people have. Um, and I'm, I, I've am i been accused that I have it too, but <laughs> anybody else in the room, raise your hands. Uh, maybe we all have it to a degree, but he was um, put on um, an individualized education plan or what we call an IEP. And um, that set us into motion with tutors, outside tutors, all kinds of things that we did to help our son. Uh, acclimate and succeed in life, basically, and so much of it centered around education. He never gave up. That was what was amazing was that the, was that kids like that, you know, they're 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 going places. Whether you <laughs> whether you're um, whether you're going to be right behind them or not, they're going places. So by the time he was in high school, you know, he never had really good grades. He wasn't a good test taker. Um, You know the drill, but it didn't seem to discourage him. He just kept moving. So junior year, this is just one one sidebar, junior year, he decided, I think it was in the spring, he said, I think I'm going to try out for the tennis team. Now, anybody who knows anything about sports and teams these days knows that if their child is going to be... Uh, more than, you know, just a, just a player on on the team, but is going to excel in a particular sport, you better get them into that sport early on, right? I mean, probably at age six or seven, you know, you're going to put them in on a soccer team or, or, or something. And if they're going to be good at tennis, it's the ones who learn when they're really young, uh, because it takes a long time to develop a skill, especially an athletic skill, and uh, excel. Anyway, my attitude was always encourage my children to do what what you know what their bent is, whatever it is that they're leaning toward. If it's positive, encourage it. Now, of course, if it's negative, um, discourage it. But anything that was positive, so. And also, I had had another axiom, and that was, hey, unless they're really salivating, I'm not going to give my time and energy to taking them to, for example, piano uh, classes, um, if they really don't have any interest. We want to encourage our children to do uh, what they have an interest in. All righty. So he tried out. I said, why not? Yes, try out for the tennis team. Sure. And in my mind, I was thinking, I don't know, he's probably not going to make it on the team, but at least he's trying out. That's the most important thing. And he has to learn this. We all have to learn that trying out is the first step. And sometimes we're not accepted, but at least we tried. Well, guess what? He made it on the tennis team. I, I, was, I was kind of shocked, um, surprised, but very happy about it. Both both my husband and I um, you know, encouraged him. So he went out for the team. And we wondered, well, I wonder how that's gonna go. I mean, he doesn't even know how to play tennis. I don't know who the who the coach was, but he gave our son a great gift. He gave him an opportunity. By the next spring, senior year, at the end of the year awards event, Scott received the award for the most inspirational player. Now, uh, did he give the most valuable athletic Contribution to the team? No. He rarely played competitively, but he went, he practiced, he participated every time, every game, he was there, cheering on the other players, inspiring them. And the coach recognized that. That's an important role, isn't it? That we're cheering people on, participating in and cheering them on our team. Well, he graduated high school and then he went on to uh, a junior college. He didn't have the grades to get into a four-year school, but he went to junior college. That's kind of a long story. I won't go into the details, but he did apply to George Fox University, which is a private university near us, south of us, in Newburgh, Oregon, graduated from George Fox and with a, a degree in information technology, and then he went on uh, to work at Hillsboro School District in their information technology department. Subsequently, uh, that didn't pan out. They fired everybody <laughs> Uh, at, at that school, and then hired hired another crop back at a at a lower at a lower wage, unfortunately. And so Scott decided, you know, I really like cars. That's my love. I like cars, and I think I'm going to open an auto detail business. Now I had never heard of anybody making a living cleaning cars. <laughs> especially our son, who it, it took 18 years to teach him how to, you know, pick up his room. And here he was going to open a business, uh, detailing, I mean, not just cleaning, but detailing automobiles. Well, what did I know? I, I figured I, I, I mean, he must know something we don't So he started this business and what inspired me to tell you this story is because I saw him this morning on Facebook and he was uh, doing a promotional video uh, and he calls it Tuesday Tips and telling people how to get the salt and grime off the undercarriage of their cars um, from snow conditions that we're experiencing now. And it just made me think, I mean, how proud we are of him, that he has persisted in this and he is so successful because he relates to people and really his ultimate goal is to help them, to help them achieve what they can. And it happens to be part of his business. But now he has two locations, one on the east side of Portland and the other one in the southwest area. By the way, his business is called Gallagher Auto Spa. And it just made me realize that, you know, this this fight that we have for public schools, um, making them better um, and encouraging parents to get involved, to direct the education of their children, it's just, it's part of the big picture. Uh, raising children again is is a huge job. Nothing is more humbling than raising children. It's humbling, isn't it? When I became a mother, I had been working at iMagnon in San Francisco as a fashion coordinator. I was an executive before I was 30. But having that baby got my attention. Not easy. And we recognize that. And that's the reason that we're doing what we're doing. I'm a grandparent. And we encourage other grandparents to get involved in our fight for good education for our children and our families and America. This is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Please consider making a monthly contribution to Parents' Rights in Education. We need your help. We have big plans in mind. And because of a very generous one-time contribution of $25,000, we are challenging our listeners and our readers, all of our supporters, to match that, gives $12 a month. If there were only 500 of you, that would tally up to $6,000 a month, almost tripling the $25,000 check we just received in one year. Be part of that club. We call it the 12 by 12 club. A link to our website is in the show notes or go to parentsrightsined.org. See you soon.